0: Welcome to Jambob, a podcast where Jenny and Megan bond over books. I'm Jenny. Hi, and I'm Megan.
1: We're a mother and daughter duo here to bond over books with one another and with you. Hello, and welcome to episode four of Jambob, reading and identity. Last time we talked about making reading fun. And today we're going to spend a little time talking about how the labels that we ascribe to as part of our identity have influenced our reading selection over time. So, mom, I, to to kick us off on this episode, I was thinking about just different things in my identity and what labels I do ascribe to. And one of the the themes that was coming came to to mind was just my relationships with other people, right? Either as mom, a daughter to you, as a friend to others, I'm not currently in a relationship, but when I was, you know, as a partner to someone else. And so I thought we could start there and just our, our identity as, as an interface with other people. So I'm curious if you have any books that you turned to that helped kind of your personal growth journey and, and becoming a better person to others.
0: Yes. As I, go through time and i pick up different labels part of what i try to do is is learn about them and i think uh, the parent child relationship when i was you know pregnant with you, I didn't know what it was going to be like to have a kid. And so there's kind of a a key book that every pregnant woman reads. It's called What to Expect When You're Expecting. And, and then there's its, its next one, which is What to Expect the Toddler Years. So those are like two kind of component books that I picked up, you know, just learning how to be a parent. And then going through time and, you know, having a relationship with you, it was how do you discipline? And one of the books that I picked up then was um called Parenting with Love and Logic, which was a book about kind of letting you have like natural consequences. If you you know throw a fit, you don't want to bring a jacket and it's cold outside, fine. <laughs> you're gonna deal with the fact that you're cold. <laughs> so <laughs> how do you set boundaries? One of the things that I think we both are is people pleasers. And that's not necessarily always a good thing because sometimes that makes you um, say yes to too many things and it gets you oversubscribed and it makes it so that you don't have time to be who you want to be or even to work on yourself. So Boundaries was a, a really helpful book. And the last one was crucial conversations. And it was around how do you have hard conversations with people or deep conversations with people? How do you set yourself up to talk about difficult subjects, which come up kind of in every relationship? So those are like the the set of books that, you know, first popped into mind. What books have you read, Megan, that you think have influenced your identity?
1: There's a book that came out, I want to say in 2020, called um, You're Not Listening, What What You're Missing and Why It Matters by Kate Murphy, who is this journalist. And it was basically a whole book on a wake-up call about that, the fact that people just don't listen to one another anymore, <laughs> you know, and despite living in this world that's bred for, uh, you know, constant communication and opportunities to connect with one another. We're, a lot of us are lonelier and isolated and less tolerant because of all the distractions. And most of it comes to the fact we're not thoroughly engaged with one another. Um, And I thought that was just historical, uh, not historical, hysterical. (laughs) Also historical problem. Yeah. (laughs) how many times in our own relationship, where if I had listened before, or, you know, didn't have my selective listening issue, <laughs> listening when I thought I, I needed to, how much stronger our bond would be. So I really appreciated that that one. Um, I also read a, a book on EQ, was Emotional Intelligence 2.0, and knowing how to read people's emotions, and knowing the state that they're in, and being able to perceive outside of yourself has been a, a skill that I have been heavily reliant on, and that book f- framed it really well um, to make it digestible and and also turn it into a skill that I could develop and and work on. But outside of uh, outside of personal growth in our relationships, another area that I was thinking about my my identity and a way that I've also kind of used reading to help. Growth in that area is health. I think my personal health with myself is an area that probably was not on the forefront of my mind until COVID, when mm-hmm. I realized you know not having access to gyms or exercise made things exponentially harder to keep on on top of. And I think I brought this up in either our first or second podcast when I did that program called Seventy Five Hard. And I think because part of that was reading 10 pages of a nonfiction book, I tended to to deviate outside of like the work career growth, which we talked a lot about in episode two, into things that are going to better my, just my daily routine and my body and knowing how to operate as a better human. And I, I remember one of the books that comes to mind on that Book by David Goggins, You Can't Hurt Me. And it was his memoir of how he, you know, was an overweight guy, was in the army, decided he wanted to try out for the Navy SEALs. And it's his journey of getting there and then pushing himself to go a harder, better, faster beyond what his own brain and limitations could, you know, conceive. And I think for me, that was such a motivator to look intrinsically at what I was doing and the limitations I put on myself. Uh, being inspired by somebody that just goes and beyond, I think it was a powerful thing to read. Have you read anything or had gone down the health route?
0: You also gave me a really good book. I, I got into, you know, how am I going to eat healthy and and lose some weight? And I signed up for Noom and you found that They had a book on the science behind Noom. And I thought that that book was super helpful because part of what you want to do when you change a habit is not just do something with no reason. It kind of got behind the why. And it also gave you a lot of tools for how to um, structure your diet, how to think about what's healthy and what's not healthy in a very simple way. Uh, I think it's called the new mindset. I thought that was super helpful. So, we spent kind of a, a lot of time talking about internals you know, how do what things do we do to bring to the table for relationships or to take care of ourselves? Are there anything that you read that's like external, focused on other people um, that helps you be a better person?
1: Yeah, I think. One of the things, and I'm, I'm using a blanket term here, is just an allyship and getting outside of your own self to be able to interact with people that come from all backgrounds and different cultures. And I remember in 2020, after George Floyd, Amazon and Goodreads in particular were really great champions of just making sure that people had the foundational knowledge to understand what had happened in the country. Um, And one of the, I was in a book club at Goodreads and we read the book, So You Want to Talk About Race by Iwo Iwo Jima. um, I'm going to butcher her last name. I think it's Olu. And that book was so foundational to me and just even be- beginning to have conversations on something that I was not well versed in and not had so much more to learn and grow. And I think coming uh, in general, I mean, even reading subsequent memoirs of people that come from different backgrounds and different cultures and their stories and some of the trials and tribulations that they underwent in, in becoming in some sense, becoming themselves and and learning what their identity really is have been really transformative in the way that I'm able to interact and learn about other people. I think it really goes back to that EQ, but it, the E instead of emotional, it's really just about empathy and really exercising that as a way to come and show up in conversations. Sometimes you don't know the answers and sometimes you'll never be able to walk in another person's shoes. But having that capacity to listen, it goes back to the book, right? <laughs> All mm-hmm. of these things are connected. Um, uh, listening um, really just allows you to have deeper connections, which serves not only you in your own life, but really provides enriching value. It's really the bond. That's the, the essential part of why we're even doing this
0: podcast. So, agree with you. I think. Learning how to be an ally for people that are not like you is a skill set that's helpful because you're able to bring different perspectives onto problems, and that's how you're going to come up with the best solution. Part of being a better person is being able to interact with a lot of different people and get to a common ground at least have a civil co conversations when you may or may not agree. <laughs> it's like what everything we see wrong in the country right now is because people are not actually listening and because they're not actually trying to build common ground.
1: Yeah. I also think it's one of the things common thread through all of this is self-awareness, right? Mm-hmm. And it's very easy to have a lot of blind spots on yourself and have a narrative that suits your agenda, whatever it may be. And I think a lot of this reading for identity is about your growth and evolution as a person. And without that kind of hard pill to swallow and so realizing some of your own flaws and other things, you're, it's harder than to take a these tools and use it to actually
0: in and, and, and inflect like change. I, I think it gets back to what truly is your identity. Um, I think we've talked about taking a lot of labels into, you know, I'm an athlete, I'm a student, I'm a, a worker, I'm a mom, I'm a this, I'm a that. But the internal part of who you are your your character and your spirituality are there all the time so i look at the the you know core essence of who i am is something that needs to be worked on too and something that i shouldn't consider as necessarily set in stone like you're born with a, a personality that doesn't mean that you can't address problems that are preventing you from being successful in your relationships or in your work or in your you know um health. I think for me thinking about how do I work on my character has kind of been a sub thread that's happened no matter where I am in in life. And there's a, a few books that I I've gone back to a lot there. Um obviously I was raised a Christian. And so reading the Bible is one of the things, um, and then trying to understand what does character mean? What does it mean to be a person who has integrity? And, you know, there's some books that one of the, my like little books that I really like is the book that is, you know, everything, all I really needed to know, I learned in kindergarten. I think that book is really helpful about what does it mean to be a person that has good character? Um What about you? Is there any books like that that have mattered to you? There's a couple. And I think it's funny that you say
1: that uh, it, the, you have some books that you've returned to time and time again. I think the Bible is a a great start because of just all of the parables and lessons in there. And so I think having that as a foundation, which you shared with me growing up also, I have a penchant now for kind of parable esque stories Mm -hmm. and two of them that come to mind that I've used time and time again for just purpose and just ways ways to live life are one, the four agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz um. Where it basically, you know, four agreements you have to make in your life to reclaim your power and find a life full of joy and fulfillment. And then the other one was The Alchemist um, by Paolo Kahlo. And I think those two just gave me a sense of really purpose. And why we're here and what we're meant to do. And it's really all about different ways, commitment, integrity, and character in yourself that really allows you to flourish and be able to interact with the world in a much I – I don't want to use the word productive.
0: I Maybe it's enriching in an, in an enriching way. Those are both great books. I think the one that touched me the most deeply, though, was Frankel's Search for a Meeting.
1: Did you read, on the kind of same vein, and this must be part of the human resiliency and spirit, you know, I forget the the, the Hobbesian quote, life is nasty, brutish, and short. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I think there's, in all of the suffering that people go, and their, their trauma, because everybody at some point in their life has something bad happen, or sad, or something that has shaped Mm. them into who they are. Um, The worst of it leads to the most beautiful things. And Eli Weisel and his his book, Night, I mean, his own experience with the Holocaust was one of those that similar to Viktor Frankl, who also was impacted, and that's where that book came out of, um, wrote his journey and experiences and went on to be this renowned professor. And I remember reading a book Written by one of his TAs, or somebody that went to was knew him at when he was at the I think it was the universe, it might have been Boston University or somewhere on the East Coast where he, <laughs> he was a professor, wrote a book on just lessons learned from him. And I think that just right there, that mm-hmm. sense, his main kind of point was just the vibrancy of what you live your life and the connections with other people and gratitude. And just these deep, really, I mean, it goes back to you can do all of the self-development in the world, but it's your interactions with other people that kind of make you who you are.
0: It is the connections that you have with other people that I agree with you are the ways that you tend to have you grow the most, they influence you the most. Um, for me, the books the books pr- are the way to get a perspective that I might not have, right? I'm not going to get the perspective of living in a non-U.S. country from most of the people that I interact with who are living in the U.S. alongside me, right? So they, they, they allow you to have a broader perspective than you might not, that you might not get but yet it's it's the ways that we work with each other that are truly the things that are the most important things in life like who do we connect with who's who 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 are we spending time with how are we touching them you know what what sometimes we do something and we don't even know it's important for them that was gets back to your five people you meet in heaven. Mm-hmm. Right. If if you do think about, you know, okay, these people were put into my life, you know, how am I helping them? Yeah. I always like go back to the Girl Scout kind of motto of <laughs> leaving the world a better place. And if if you're if you're not doing that, you know, then why not?
1: Why not is a good question. I think that also leads to a topic that I I think I would love to talk about next time, mom, which we haven't, we've talked a lot about how reading has shaped the two of us in our own Mm -hmm. journeys for personal growth. We've talked about how reading has also been kind of a fun escape and just joyful activity that has done a lot for the two of us and not just our relationship, but also just (laughs) bringing light and joy into our, our our day-to-day and laughter. Um, We haven't talked so much about how reading has helped us belong.
0: That sounds like a fabulous topic for our next time. Awesome.
1: All right. Well, I would love if everybody could leave in the comments, just books that, as they're looking at their own, reflecting on their identities, have helped you grow, helped you learn a little bit more about yourself. We'd love to see them.
0: For all of you at home, thank you for bonding over books with us.
1: Till next time. Bye.